Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm super grateful for you being here, becoming the conscious mama bear you were always born to be. We have a special guest today. It is Troy Duell from Centarian Labs, and I'm super excited to get him on because he is a wealth of knowledge and can really give us a behind the scenes look at uh, the pharmaceutical companies and what he's doing to really change um, the conversation and how he is supporting women now with his own personal supplement line. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Monica. Super excited about being here. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about maybe your previous life. Yeah. Previously, I've been in pharmaceuticals for about 20 years and worked with some great companies and saw some great things, but also saw a lot of things that it seemed like we were treating things within the pharmaceutical industry and even promoting things that may not have been the best for individuals. And we took out a lot of personal responsibility from just our health in general, and we made it easier. I I think one of the best examples of that for me was I was calling on some physicians back in the day and went in and there was a doctor who happened to be eating some donuts and was out back smoking a cigarette. And I was like, well, isn't that kind of bad to be doing in front of your patients? And he was like, no, it's okay. I've got this cholesterol medicine that's just come out and it's going to be fine because I'm taking the cholesterol medicine. So those are instances that I think we have decided a magic pill is better than taking that personal responsibility piece. And really what led me down the path to start Centurion and try to find products and issues that we can help people overcome through changing their lifestyle and providing supplements or products that may be affordable and beneficial for them overall. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very much, um, treatment society of like, well, what's your issue? Here's the treatment for it. Instead of asking like, well, why do you have that issue in the first place? And if our doctors or our professionals like literally don't even care about their own health and wellness, and they're just taking the supplementation, how are we ever supposed to know that the actual long-term effect is that you're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker and need more medication. And I personally, this is like a big passion of mine. When you're dealing with fertility, it's not only going to be impacting you, it can potentially impact your future child's health 
because they're developing everything they that they possibly need to become a human inside that environment that isn't um, is well if you're dealing with fertility your body is basically saying it's not a good environment to grow a human in very true and it was certainly something that we saw or that I saw when I was out in the field a good bit I mean we always are looking for the easy way out we've become a fast food mentality and unfortunately your health is not a fast food mentality thing and fertility in particular is one of those things that I think there are a lot of conditions that are out there that we can do things about through uh, the right diet, exercise, and really taking advantage of who we were designed to be and how our bodies were designed. And that's really one of the paths that I went down as well. My wife and I had fertility issues as well. We had our first child, uh, had been married seven years and um, had our first child and we're thinking, hey, this is easy. Uh, three years later, we're like, we're going to have our second child. We're going to do that whole American dream thing of two kids, three to four years apart. It's going to be perfect. And lo and behold, we tried and couldn't get pregnant and went down that whole fertility route of IVF and everything else to the point that my wife was sat down by the fertility doctor. And he said, look, you're never going to have another child. And if you do, he's not going to be, he or she will not be normal. So you need to just stop because you don't have healthy eggs. And uh, that certainly in my mind started that process of what is it in our health and our body? Is there anything we can do to help uh, that fertility process? And led me down that path. But uh, to kind of end that story on a happy note, we uh, went down the path, went through a lot of soul searching and prayer and uh, decided we would adopt a little girl and went through the process of adopting a little girl from China. And the day we sent off the paperwork, we found out we were pregnant with our second son. So we've got three wonderful kids, all healthy. And, uh, you know, God's way of getting us that little girl that we probably wouldn't have had we not gone through the process. And also just a way for me to learn more about what we can do as individuals and get that personal responsibility to get things rolling. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I think it is just proof in the pudding. You know, I always hear things like, well, you were just lucky, or um, you just relaxed, or IVF taught your body what it needed to do, which is my ultimate favorite and a big kick in the teeth. Um, but it is one of the hardest things for a woman to really um, take a hold of is that it is your personal responsibility. It's not your fault you're dealing with fertility issues. That was decades of not knowing the certain diet or lifestyle was having an impact on your health. But when you come to that place of realization of like, well, I actually have the power to reverse my situation or greatly improve it to increase my chances of success through IVF. And the whole myth that you can't improve your egg quality, I was told the exact same thing at 30 years old, um, is complete BS. And I, you know, I'm, I openly admit, I'm not an academic, I'm not book smart, I'm a creative, I love photography and snowboarding and all that. 
And if I can figure this stuff out, <laughs> like other, you know, people who are more inclined that way should just see a very clear picture that your egg is one of the largest living cells in your body. And if you can manipulate other cells, the liver can regenerate, the gut is always regenerating your hair, your skin, when you get sunburned, the most obvious one, right? Why, why is your egg not a representation of what's happening inside your body? And same for sperm, right? Where I don't want to just attack egg quality, it's sperm quality too. Um, and I just don't understand how that isn't very simply seen by the industry. I totally agree. And I, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but I think there's uh, some truth to it that a lot of it's tied to money. I mean, it is a huge industry to get into that world and see the money come through. And um, whether there's success or not, they're getting paid the same. And I think, unfortunately, there is some merit to that. Um, it does some great in certain situations, but all of it is for not if you don't take those first steps like you're talking about with that personal responsibility. And I think one of the best examples to your point of egg quality is if you're a smoker for 10, 15 years and you stop smoking, your body can overcome that damage from the smoke if you stay that way and you start to eat right and you remain healthy. So those are some great opportunities to your point of, yes, we can change things. It's not easy and there is no magic pill, but you can change things and create a better environment for the potential of you to have that child um, yeah. pregnant. Yeah, exactly. So what was the tipping point for you when you really just needed to walk away from the whole pharmaceutical company and you decided to start your own business? You know, we went out, um, I, I felt like there was an opportunity for us to go out and create a different type pharmaceutical company. And we did that with a few products and we're, we were still in that realm and I was looking for other products. But then as I studied and got more involved, like the personal uh, walkthrough of fertility in my family, it opened up an avenue of research that took me down a path. Um, down MTHFR, which I know you're familiar with and many of your listeners are, but MTHFR was one of those pieces that I recognized there are some certain things that you can do in products that will help people. You just have to do it at a level that hopefully is affordable that everybody can do. And that's the path that we started running down with some of our products. And that just kind of opened up a, a whole new avenue for us other than just the pharmaceutical realm. We still have some prescription products, but we also have supplements and we have over-the-counter products that really what I want to do is find products that work, that bring benefit and that are affordable. And if we do that, then I feel like we're successful. We may not be a billion dollar company um, like Pfizer or any of those others, but that's hopefully not my end goal. But the end goal would always be to, to help somebody and to improve their health. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Ben Lynch then. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of his and um, I saw a, a dispute between himself and a highly popular OBGYN 
on Instagram and he, you know, was just talking about folic acid. So I'm sure that you have an opinion on the difference between folic acid and folate. What's your opinion on that? Absolutely. I mean, it goes back to the fact that folic acid is a synthetic form of folate. So it's not natural. Our body was never intended to process that. And really that's where my study with uh, my wife and I and what we went through led us to, because my wife ended up, she does have MTHFR, which means she can't process folic acid. And you go down the path of methylfolate and folinic acid, which are the two natural forms that allow your body to process that. And it is a huge, huge piece. And I'm, I'm a firm believer, if you look back at the studies, that since 1996, when we have started to, or when we implemented the whole fortification of all of our foods with folic acid, you saw a huge uptick of allergies amongst kids. I mean, growing up for me, there was nobody in my class who had these food allergies that were just a dime a dozen like they are today. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends come over of my kids that they've got peanut allergies, they've got asthma, they've got whatever it is. And there is somebody in every single class, a multitude of people in every single class that have it. And there, there are many studies that suggest maybe that's folic acid that causes that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of staying away from that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the same OBGYN, I don't know how she, I don't know how much time she has on her hand, but she came after me on my Instagram post once too. And um, she stated, well, all forms of folate inside of supplements are man-made. So what would be your response to that? While that is true, there are certain things that are man-made inside of every supplement because we don't have it. You have to create a form that is just like nature. So that's what you're trying to do is create something that is just like nature in order to provide what your body needs. So maybe it's not a whole food coming straight from salad or from your lettuces, but it is the same form just in a uh, lab where they've learned how to make that form to mimic the body, as opposed to creating a whole new form that the body can't process. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to run with this because I (laughs) find it very uh, intriguing. Um, The other thing is that, um, you know, she obviously quoted every single American government body, the FDA, the CDC, you know, this is all the research that they have, you know, don't go against that. And my little pea brain, my little like, you know, tutu wearing brain is like, well, weren't those studies done when back in like the 80s, when we didn't have the information that we have now, and that started those studies were only done with one type which Mm -hmm. is folic acid. So you can only assume that's what they would recommend because that's the only thing that they tested. And then on top of that, you know, you'll never get another study because it's unethical to test these things on women who are really pregnant. Mm -hmm. So how, what do you feel about that when people say, well, these institutions up here say that that's the word. So don't argue with them. I, I always come back and say, well, these are the same institutions in the 50s that said it was okay to smoke when you were pregnant. 
And it takes 20 to 30 years sometimes for those institutions to catch up with science and reality, because we knew that smoking was bad and we knew for years, but the CDC, the FDA, they all said, hey, smoking's okay until about the seven, late 70s and early 80s. So, and, and it was ACOG, um, the OBGYN uh, group that actually promoted saying, yeah, it's okay to smoke when you're pregnant. So those are the same institutions she's claiming then that just haven't caught up yet. So just because these big institutions say it certainly does not mean that it's true or bring it merit. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think, and, and for on, on her behalf, those studies did show that neural tube defects were reduced if you took folic acid. So again, it's that unintended consequence of this altruistic means or, hey, I want to do good, so we're going to add folic acid into all of our food. That's a great thing and a great thought, but the the unintended consequence was, you know what? Folic acid isn't what we should be adding. Maybe they should be adding methylfolate to it. The problem with that is that methylfolate just doesn't hold up under that high heat, Mm -hmm. so that's why you can't do it. Um, but, and I think when you added folic acid to the food, they saw a drop in certain states and certain areas and neural tube defects, because we know that some people have the ability to process folic acid, but we also know that 40 to 60% of the population can't. So depending on what studies you look at. So if you have 40 to 60% of the population that can't, no matter how much folic acid you're going to take you're still going to have some neural tube defects. You're still going to have fertility issues and you're going to have a lot of other things that, that pop up. So I just, I call BS on an argument that because the FDA and the CDC and the NIH say, this is what you're supposed to do. um, Again, they've told us for years that there are a lot of things we should, that we're supposed to do that end up being bad for us in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Um, Going back to why they maybe aren't using these other types of folate because they aren't um, maybe shelf stable or they don't like hold in the pressure of that heat, that surely comes down to like a cost issue as well. So another comment she made towards Dr. Bill Lynch was he's just a snake oil selling very expensive supplementation. But obviously, when you are coming from it from a different point, you're you're using better quality things. So your supplements are just naturally going to be more expensive. Um, What's your take on that? And what have you seen in your company? Absolutely. Anytime you use methylfolate or folinic acid, it is more expensive than putting folic acid into it because it is much cheaper to get folic acid for anything. So yes, that is true. Now, on the flip side, I think that's another problem with our medical community and really insurance in particular. She talks about how expensive some of these supplements are, but if you didn't have insurance, you wouldn't see the hidden cost that were there. So what cost you $50 for a copay cost the insurance company $300 for that product. So it is truly more expensive for that product that they're promoting, but the copay comes in line and none of us really know what we're paying for our medications. And that's one thing that I think has to change within the medical community is we've got to get more transparency 
because I think with more transparency and more uh, paying out of our own pocket, I think that truly begins to shift the focus and brings that personal responsibility back to us. Because anytime you start putting money down on something, you all of a sudden start to really take into consideration the product that you're taking. And you go, wait, am I going to spend $300 for this? What's the benefit of that? Why am I going to do that? Instead of going, oh, well, my insurance covered it. Doctor said it's okay. Just swipe a card, go to a pharmacy and pick it up. Um, and that's one thing that I think has to change within the medical community as well. Yeah. What's your nicest opinion about the cheap supplements that are out there that maybe you can get from Costco's or Rite Aid? Um, why, I guess, why would you stay away from them? Uh, because in a lot of ways, just like folic acid, they can cause more harm than good. Now, there are some people that there may be some benefit from it, but the truth is, if it's not a bioavailable form, a form that your body can use and that doesn't build up in your system, um, then it can cause a lot of harm. And you need something that mimics nature and mimics what is happening from the foods that you eat in order for it to really bring benefit and value to who you are. So one of the things that we battle against is we call on our, our sales reps, call on OBGYN offices is the idea of, hey, I just tell my patients to go get a $4 gummy from um, Walmart because it's $4 and it doesn't matter anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think what they miss is it doesn't matter to them because they deliver a baby, baby seems healthy, baby's breathing. If it's a fertility issue and they're not able to get pregnant, then they send them off to a specialist and they don't see what happens four, five, six years down the road when these allergies start popping up in these kids and they don't have to deal with that. That's somebody else's problem at that point. And I think until there's more awareness of that within OBGYN offices, that's going to be one of the things that we get because they're, they, in a physician's mind, they're thinking, about all the big things that can happen and that the baby's not able to be delivered at all. So they're trying to avoid that and they just don't put the value in the nutrition. And, you know, most doctors are pretty honest when you talk to them. They're teaching on nutrition during medical school is basically a day, maybe two days. They don't spend much time on nutrition, so they just don't know what nutrition can bring and the value that it can bring. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We'll shift away from folic acid, <laughs> but thank you for yeah. your opinion on yeah. it because it is highly debated out there. And I think a lot of women just feel so confused by all the information. And I've even seen comments um, saying that it's not real. Like MTHFR isn't real. Like someone made it up to make money. And um, from an epigenetics point of view, it's not just MTHFR either. There's a lot of other genes that you need to pay attention to and know. I mean, not you don't have to know, but um, you know, be aware of and right. that it all works as a, as a system. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the information we're getting out there from our OBGYNs and our fertility 
um, experts, um, medical experts is a lot of these things just don't matter. They're just trying to get you to the two pink lines. Yeah. And I mean, yes, well, that's the ultimate goal. But when you look at the broader picture of women's health, like how many women are having issues now during pregnancy? How many women are having postpartum issues? They can't breastfeed, um, you know, the type two diabetes, the autoimmune issues, the thyroid issues that are going on. And they're, we're just not, we're underestimating how impactful a pregnancy is on a woman's body. Absolutely. And I think to your point earlier, you mentioned the confusion that's out there and there's no, and for doctors, I think there's a lot of confusion for them too, because the studies come out and they say folate when in the study they've used folic acid. So there's even confusion within the medical community because they're not consistent with the terminology that they're using. And really, I think they need to change it to folic acid, methylfolate, and folinic acid. Instead, they've changed now and they have this dietary folate equivalent that they are now putting and the FDA has said everybody needs to come out, which hides what really is in the product. So yeah. a dietary folate equivalent makes you think that folic acid is the equivalent of methylfolate, which we know it's not. Um, mm -hmm. That's a shame. Um, yeah. Do you check the labels for your kids, whether or not there's folic acid in there? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting. This is, this is my personal opinion on this. I haven't read a lot about it, but I believe that the folic acid piece and the gluten piece are certainly tied in a great deal because of the, the fortification of things. Um, I think that there is a lot of the gluten allergy that has been prompted by the folic acid. And there's a sensitivity that people have that maybe it's folic acid instead of gluten itself. So. Yeah, I definitely believe in a, a similar thing. Like it's not necessarily the gluten, it's what else is in that gluten type of product, right? Oh. Um, many of people, I mean, I lived in Europe for a really long time and it was just different. You could tell the difference. And we had a fresh bakery where we lived once and, um, you know, the the traditional sourdough and rye breads did not affect me like the wonder bread that tastes delicious. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. that stuff messes me up like instantly. And so it's not like gluten has gotten this bad rep wrap, but it's, it's definitely many other things, including folic acid. And I think too, a lot of people, even if you're not focused on folic acid, when you go to a clean lifestyle and you just get rid of the all the packages just in the process of it clears out all that stuff um, by default. Definitely yeah. agree. This has been really interesting. Thank you so much for coming and talking about this. I know you have an amazing product and you want to offer our listeners a little coupon on it. So first tell us what that product is and what it does. Yeah, we've got a product called Bump DHA, and it is specifically designed by a maternal fetal medicine doctor who understands that really pregnancy is about certain things. The, the main thing is during pregnancy, you're having red blood cell production for both you and the baby, but you're also producing DNA and RNA. So it's a super enhanced product that focuses on that. 
without folic acid, without cyanocobalamin. So we took all those uh, non-natural uh, forms that are found in nature out of the product and made it as bioavailable as we possibly could. So, and really designed with MTHFR in mind, like I mentioned, my wife, um, that's one who we didn't have it at the time, but wish we did mm -hmm. and had her in mind when, when we were designing it as well. So that's the idea behind it. It's called Bump DHA. You can go to Centurion Labs, that's C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N-L-A-B-S.com. And you can look up Bump DHA. You can read all about it there, but we've got a special code for you guys. Uh, it's code FF, and you can get your first bottle for 67% off on that first bottle. And uh, we'd love to let some of your listeners try that and believe in it that much that I think uh, your listeners will be super excited to have it. We also wanted to make it affordable. So once you get that 67% off, the monthly uh, subscription's about 30 bucks plus shipping. So it's about a dollar a day is what we try to keep it at. Perfect. That sounds really amazing. And we are grateful for doing that. All that information is down in the show notes. And when we send out an email and the blog that goes along with the podcast, all that will be in there too for our um, community. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so... Yeah. So let our listeners know where they can follow you and just get more information about your company and your products as well. Yeah. The best place is centurionlabs.com. So you can go to our website. We do have a uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram account. But if you go to Centurion Labs, you can get a link there and uh, follow us and sign up for newsletters if it's something you wanted to do. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, uh, coming on, sharing your knowledge and your personal story as well. And I'm sure we'll see each other in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, Monica. Have a great day. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.